Hello and welcome to another episode of the Morning Drive podcast. It's been a couple of weeks. Hope you're still sticking around. If you're listening to this, it kind of suggests that you are. Uh, this week, I'm joined by my friend Tim Oldland, who is a bit of a YouTuber, bit of a journalist, bit of an entrepreneur, does a bit of everything really, and you, you'll find out more about that as we get into the podcast. But uh, Tim very kindly sat down with me for an hour and 42 minutes, so strap in. It's uh, it's a nice meaty one and a good one to listen to. So we'll see you in the podcast. I'm going to click record now. Okay. Just because this is how it goes. I say that and that means we're started. <laughs> good, um, good plan. And I'll, I'll tell you what I tell everyone. It's casual. There's no expectation there's no structure it's just a chat and the idea is to kind of just be a chat and demonstrate how talking can work marvelous so it's just chatting to people who are interesting so lucky you you're interesting enough to be chatting oh wow (laughs) (laughs) um so i'm joined today by tim oldland who i very ashamedly had saved in my phone as tim oldham for a while. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, and then I realised that I'd made a mistake after I'd told about four people, oh, I'm seeing Tim Oldham. And they're like, who the hell is that? And I was like, <laughs> I think I've got the name wrong. So apologies for something that you didn't know was happening. But I okay. no, called you by the wrong name for about three months. Yeah. Well, um, that's the, it, it, does, it does happen a lot. Yeah. You know, there's, um, I get some people, did, did those people say, oh, oh you mean the, the, that guy from Twitter? Eventually. Because that's what I've had strangely quite a lot in the last few weeks I've been introduced to people and they've said oh you're that angry guy from Twitter I was like have you turned up your anger on Twitter recently is that what's um, prompted this I think I've always been quite ranty on Twitter so but it's not like you've increased ferocity in any way no I, it, I just didn't quite realize that people associated me quite so much with that aspect right, yeah. of it but yeah yeah a few like I met a couple of PR people and they said and one of them was like, oh, yeah, the ranty guy from Twitter. I was like, okay, interesting. I'm I like, mean, we did yeah. have a Twitter conversation where it started off with the premise of, I would like to start a podcast where I can do some rants. And I went, you can use my platform if you want. That'll make a nice filler episode every couple of weeks. Yeah. One it's, of Tim's talks. Yeah. I mean, how, how are you with how are you on, the, on the swearing front? I don't give a shit. So, Fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah. I, I feel like... <laughs> Swearing often is like seasoning for a conversation. You don't want too much because it, it overflavors it. But it, it, it can act as emphasis for certain points. Yeah. Um, it's a grown-up podcast for grown-ups. We're not trying to be all smiley faces and everything. I mean, I run a company that is designed to help people with mental health, and that inherently comes with quite a serious grown-up association to it so it does i think we can get away with the uh, the swearing as long as it's not every other word because then it just sounds like crap yes um, yeah but as we're both grown-ups <laughs> that aren't illiterate i think we can utilize it appropriately that's good yeah because yeah if, if i'm if i'm if I'm, if you get me on the topic of starting to rant about something it will inevitably just flow yeah the the uh, the garnish the flourish on top of the conversation <laughs> yeah that's fine which is which is completely fine and it's it's a realistic conversation and it's not in any way like censored to that point, which is how conversations actually work in the real world. Yeah. And I'm not doing this on behalf of an actual company that are like, well, we're 
a production for blah, blah, blah. It's me and my laptop and a couple of microphones, and it's for my brand, so I can do what the hell I like. Brilliant. Yeah. So uh, we have free reign to not have to think about the swearing, because I do tag it as explicit when I upload it, so it should be appropriately listed on the podcast places. Um, so I guess the place for us to start is... So, Tim, who are you and what do you do? Hmm, okay. Uh, well, this, this, is, this is always a, a, a puzzling conversa- a question for me, this one. Right. Just because I, I do things. quite a lot of different things. Yeah, ranting on Twitter. Ranting on Twitter. Being one yeah. of them. Yeah. Mm. Um, I spoke... Right, so for the purposes of this, I'm going to... Because it's the thing that I want to promote most at the moment, is... The main thing I have at the moment is a company called Bespoke Chargers, right. uh, where I sell electric vehicle chargers to people that are a little bit more unique and a little bit more bespoke for people who don't particularly want a grey plastic box yep. on their wall. You know, um, I uh, so a bit more of the things. Obviously, I, I've been a an autom- well an automotive design engineer for. 20 for something years. Um, 12 years, yeah, okay. Yeah, 20, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, I've, I've worked, in, worked for automotive companies and about 12 years ago I set up my own design consultancy um, doing anything and everything that anyone wants to throw at me, basically, which right. was concept to production designs. So, literally, people come to me with a, a scribble on a piece of paper and it can be, it could, that was anything, could be automotive, could be, I mean, I did a drinks bottle for Virgin Active. Oh, you know, it's literally, I mean, it could, it's literally anything that yeah. anyone wanted me to do. Um, but I did a lot of work on stuff for Podpoint, who are EV charge company. Right. Um, and designed their old units and their, their street charge units that they've done, did all that. And to, that's a design, the actual way it looks and all the packaging of all the clever electronic bits. Yeah. Don't do the actual electronic bits. That's far too complicated for me. It's very sciencey stuff, really, isn't it? That, it that really bit. is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, I've got a grasp on it because I've been doing it about 12 years. I've been in the field now, but it's it still confuses the hell out of me, yeah. to be honest. I can understand that. Yeah. Um, so that, so yeah, that's, that all led on to just me thinking that some people want something a bit more personal. And so I offer the, the main thing I offer these are a charger built into a wheel, yep. be it a steel wheel or a Fuchs alloy or any wheel that somebody wants, really. Yeah, of course. I mean, you, you came up to Coffees and Cars and you brought one with you, which I should hopefully be... There should be either a photo or an Instagram reel or something that includes it. Oh, brilliant. By the time this goes out, it's got a few weeks before this will go out, yeah. Mm-hmm. So by the time people hear this, at somewhere on Tacona's Instagram... There will be a demo. You'll be able to see what that looks like. Yeah, and awesome. I'll probably try and tag the photo that I took at you at Coffees and Cars, where you're carrying it through the car park <laughs> to accompany this podcast as well. Yeah. Um, why I didn't just park next to the? We all told you to. Tim. We yeah. all said go and park on the street. The Toyota's already around there, and 
the car that we didn't know was Mike's Alpha Mito, which is Mike's Alpha Mito that he was keeping secret from us, was also oh. outside. Um, and there was plenty of space for you to not have to carry it all the way down the high street. Yeah, uh, and, and it's it's not like... I mean, honestly, I was sitting there chatting to people and actually my arms were actually still sort of shaking slightly. <laughs> I, worked, I, I weighed it when I got back using our weigh scale thing. Yeah. Um, and it's 55 kilograms. Brilliant. That's the same weight as my other half. Yeah, so I was basically street. carrying <laughs> from the car park all the way down the thing. Yeah, I uh, wished I hadn't done that. Hence why I went and picked it up. Yeah, later on. I, I don't blame you for taking the car to go yeah. and get it. Mm. Mm. Ah, so that was Mike's Mito. That's good. Yeah, I, so I liked it. I liked his wheels. That was what got us onto the path of that was actually Mike's car. Ah. So Jared's got some three spokes for his MR2. And we've had a lot of conversations about three spokes. And then Mike was sending Jared three spokes for his for a Mito because he's been needing a daily driver because the TT's slowly becoming less of a car ah. to be then refurbished and put back together mm-hmm. and he's like I need to get a daily so I can come to events and be part of the group properly and he's like sending Jared photos of these three spokes that you can get on a Mito because a Mito was on his list of potential cars right and then we were stood together and Jared was like that Mito's got three spokes. Mike's been talking about Mito's with three spokes. And Mike was up in the car park in the cafe and we turned to Mike's wife and was like, has Mike bought a car? And she just ran and hid behind the counter and went, I'm not seeing anything. He's like, he's bought a bloody car, hasn't he? So he went and went, you, you've bought a car. And he went, yeah, I've put a photo of it in every one of my stories this week, but like in the background of stuff, so you, oh, it wasn't brilliant. obvious. And he did what Luke did with his Alpine, where he was like, I keep mm. bumping into this Alpine in different services. And it took about six weeks for anyone to go, have you bought this out? <laughs> yeah. So he, he was very subtly telling us all, but that's where you could have parked. And it's a very lovely little car, actually. Yeah, um, I, I, I quite like them. They, they've got subtly swollen arches. They've got like really bulging arches. And when you've got a decent size set of wheels, like yeah. I think they must be, they must be 18s on that. I, I think, think they're 17s. 17s. Just a smaller okay. car. Yeah. They, they, it really fills it out nicely. And they're yeah. a really nicely styled wheel. That, I, I'm a big fan. Ah, so we've got this ongoing debate on three spokes. It seems a very divisive topic within the automotive world. Mm. So, obviously, you're a fan of them. Yeah, I mean, Saab's. Saab's, yeah. Jared is obviously a big fan. Yeah. I like them in certain cars. That meter looks good. A lot of Saab's do look really good. The right car with the right wheel, I can can live with a three-spoke. They Mm. do have a potential to ruin a car. Yes. Now, the flip side of this is Richard Porter hates them yep jack from car throttle hates them which means that we endlessly send him photos of three spokes just to really go ah <laughs> oh, i hear you're a fan here's more <laughs> um so it seems from the very limited connections that i've got within the automotive world they're a very divisive marmite topic the three spoke wheel they are they are um, i mean wheels are wheels are such a, a, a divisive topic in general yeah i, I mean it's it's was it's definitely one one of the topics of one of my future rants. Hopefully, <laughs> is black wheels. I won't get onto that this right now, but I'm going to have my black wheels refurb gold at some point. Woohoo! But best news ever. My stock wheels are still black. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, the the, th- the three spoke thing. The, the, it's really hard from, from a design point of view to try and pinpoint exactly why some of them work and some of them don't. Mm. It's really weird because because uh, they are. Like the, the the Saab ones and those Mito ones, they're, they're not very similar, really. The, the, the only point is that they've got three spokes to them. But then you look at some 
mainly on Japanese stuff. Yeah. And they just look horrendous. Yeah. And they're really awful. I mean, a lot of them have like blue centres with white rims and stuff. And you're just like, mm, no. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a Liberty Walk Supra. The one with the pink wheels. Yeah, with, with pink three spokes. Mm. And I've I, seen I that don't. Metal, actually. I, I've driven it. Have you? Yeah. Oh, um, and well, it's. One off, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's... Well, I live near Liberty Walk. I'll go and ask. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I mean, I can introduce you to the guys because we, we fe- it's featured on. It's been a, a, yeah. a BOTB car, hasn't it? It's always it's permanently on there now. Because um, you can win a Supra and Liberty Walk kit. Like you don't get that car, you get one made for you, don't you? Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, with so yeah, as as, as a uh, as the the other side to my to my life, other than the desire, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, the other side of that. So is I've for for th- thirteen years now. I've I've worked for BOTB, um, and I basically do everything on the website. Yeah, that is the car stuff. So all the images, specs, reviews, basically choosing what cars go in. I mean, I suggest the cars to yeah. the men with more power, um, and yeah, all, all that kind of stuff is down is is me basically on their site. Um, and I'm, I used to do a lot of YouTube yeah. stuff for them. Um, we canned that. Basically, basically, COVID killed it. Right. We had no we had no content. Yeah. Built up. We were very so releasing stuff. So we're doing like car reviews and things like that or were they just going this car is going to be in the, the competition uh, no we, we did we did car reviews I mean I, I, I was get, there was a point I think 2019 yeah that was the last sort of pre-COVID, full the last yeah. full year pre-covid I think of, of of 2019 I think I worked out 44 weeks of the year I had a press car brilliant it was just amazing. I didn't use my car at all, <laughs> but like, so it was basically we were either filming with them, doing reviews for the for the site, or um, I, I do a lot of. Whenever I had a press car, I would do a like a Facebook live. Yeah, which is still I still find it really strange that it's not done more because mm. I see it's, it's a, a really unique way of interacting with people. Well, it's something that I've been thinking of suggesting to. The backroads guys was a nice little thing. As that starts to grow, and we mm. can approach companies and go, "Can we borrow a car?" It's a very easy thing to go. Let's have a walk around and poke at things and see how it all looks and what the buttons do and things like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, people don't get a chance to if someone's walking around a, I don't know, it can be literally anything. A new Kia, yeah. you know. You, on a Facebook Live, they can go. On the what does this do? Yeah, how does that you can say, and, "How big is the glove box?" Yeah. I, I tend to keep loads of stuff in the glove box. How big's the boot? How easy is it to flip down the rear seats? Yeah, things like that. It, it's it's and it's that really wonderful interaction that you get. And generally, I always did them. Always do them there, half an hour long. Yeah, and, and we get roughly, you know, we get quite a few th- about a few thousand people. I mean, the people dip in and out. They, I think the average is about seven or eight minutes that people are on for. Yeah. They basically pop on, ask a question, you answer their question, and then they go, because there's not, not much point in them staying around. Yeah, yeah. Mostly they asked to rev the engine, rev it and give you some exhaust. <laughs> Obviously that's becoming less and less important now, because generally Electric there's nothing, there's nothing to rev. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really enjoy doing that. I always do it down at um, Lakeside. Oh yeah. I go find the, one of the quieter multi-stories and go to the very top about eight million of them isn't yeah it's many many car parks and I go to the very top 
and and do it there because it's all nice and open and yeah, yeah. and stuff. And it's really yeah, uh, that that's really enjoyable to do. It's a it's an interesting way to engage with an audience as well. That, mm. As you say, not enough people are capitalised on. Yeah. Hopefully, not enough people hear this podcast to then go, "Oh dear Jaguar, we should do this," and then the whole idea <laughs> yeah. gets taken away. Yeah. Like, oh crap! I've shot myself in the foot. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I've I've been I've been trying to sell it to people as a reason to give press cards for a good few years. Yeah. And PR companies still don't won't get on board with it, despite the proof of the numbers. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting when you think of say, we'll take for example because I've just seen the Instagram story, Shmi's going to be at Goodwood with the Zenvo guys. Yeah. And he'll undoubtedly be doing some form of engagement for it. Mm-hmm. And I happen to know the PR person for Zenvo at the minute. And she's very lovely. And she'll probably be well on board for going, chuck up an Instagram live, let people have the opportunity to ask you questions about this car because he's getting one. So it'll be yeah. an opportunity to go, how much power, how does it sound, what does the show is the fancy wing that moves yeah. around and things <laughs> like that. And I imagine they'll utilise that facility and that tool quite effectively yeah and it's one of those where you're like i've been telling you to do this <laughs> why haven't why is no one listening to yeah. me yeah i think i mean i think because i've obviously I've, I've i've known tim for about 10 i think we were talking the other day i think we've known each other just over 10 years right which is now. kind of pre music biggest explosion really isn't it like yeah he was well known enough 10 years ago but it's not like he is now where he is the car influencer. Uh, sorry to have used that word, Tim. If you do listen to this, but <laughs> yeah. he kind of is the the one that is the example for most people, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's mental. That I think we we first met back at it was a a Vmax two hundred mile an hour challenge, yeah, type thing, um, and it was being it was partly we had some BOTB winners that were going there as a part of a different competition, and. Tim was there doing his his thing yeah. with them as well, and we met there and sort of hit it off. Um, but I think the problem he the problem with him doing a Facebook live because I've, I've mentioned it to him is he said it's just the volume too many people. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's he too said, popular. Yeah, he, you can't do it. I mean, we're talking. There's I think BOTB had got four hundred thousand mm. followers on Facebook, so you do one of those things, and yeah, you get you generally. If you get ten percent of that following engaged, then exactly. It's I mean, about yeah, management. there's about there's usually about you see about four or five thousand people sort of on the yeah who are there at any time, and even that, I mean, the comments are just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and it takes it took it's taken a lot of practice to be able to be holding the camp because I use a, a gimbal yeah, but with my my phone so that basically I'm I'm filming around the car but I'm having to. Film, walk around, talk, and read the comments. Yeah, yeah, all at the same and stuff. Time. It, it just took practice to do. I can't imagine doing that with ten times the people. No, <laughs> I, I guess the only kind of practical way to do it is to have like ahead of time submit questions. Yes, and then you can filter some out and go right. So and so has asked this, and the audience may still go. I'll oh, tune in in case my question comes up. And it might be a way of keeping people for longer because yeah. you've got them on that, oh, what if mine's next? All the way through to the end. And then it's like, oh, tune in next time, we'll answer more questions for a different car and people again have the opportunity. Yeah, It could be a way to keep engagement for a longer period. But I suppose the stakes are if you don't answer someone's question, you go, oh, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. And you could alienate half your audience again. But I guess you don't know until you have a go. True. And if you're not going to do it anyway, it can't hurt to try it, can they? 
Yeah. Just, I'll, I'll mention it to him at, at Goodwood. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out a way to get down there. My my closest option to getting down is actually the Zenvo guys because of knowing their PR person. And mm. I've suggested something that might be quite interesting for them to try. So the conversation that we had was, oh, maybe if we can do that, you should come and do it with us, hmm. which is my closest access to Goodwood at this point. I'm not buying a bloody ticket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Cause I, I was, luckily I managed to get one with three BA TV. Yeah. So we've got a big stand this year. Um, but yeah, I did notice, I looked, and yes, yeah, 47 quid, I think. Yeah, normally... Just for a Thursday adult yeah. ticket. Like, normally I get a ticket for my birthday, obviously, because it's, like, within the same few weeks. Mm-hmm. But what we found is, if you do it more than twice in a row, you see 80% of the same stuff. Yeah. So we've, we went, right, what we'll do is we'll do Festival of Speed one year, Revival, Festival... Like, mix it up. Mm. And then as we were like, well, right, we'll do that. 2020 happened we're like okay so, <laughs> yeah no idea what to expect but I, I did the revival last year which was amazing I went down in an Austin Healy like oh, a nice. 1950s one so we got to park with all the pre-60s cars oh, and awesome. uh, it, it's very fun and it's a nice memory however four hours holding the roof on because the latches kept popping off doing 50 mile an hour mm. while sitting on top of an exhaust it's not fun in the moment no, but when you look back on it, it's a fond memory. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's that's. I guess uh, you've done, we've done. We've all done loads of these sort of trips, haven't we? Yeah. And it's actually it's those things that you remember more than just the ones where you got down to the Goodwood and back with no yeah, yeah. no if drama I'd have done at all. Eighty six. I'd have been yeah. I went to Goodwood, but because you've done it in something interesting, and you have to. It's the challenge, isn't it? It's overcoming yeah. the the obstacles, and I have to live with this bloody heat rising through my feet all day. And that, <laughs> That kind of thing that that's what creates the fun memories for it, yeah. and that's why road trips are so fun because inadvertently you have to overcome a challenge at some point. Something always requires like a group effort or a bit of conscious thought to resolve on a road trip because you're just spending so much time on the road, mm. and that's what really makes those memories more interesting. If you just got on a train and got there with no fuss, it wouldn't be as interesting as I drove to Le Mans in a Renault Five or whatever. Yeah. Because you've got that. <laughs> this was a challenge. Um, actually, that one thing I'm hoping or I'm trying to figure out how I would do it is do a Le Mans trip next year, like as a Tacona tour, like the first one. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out the best way to approach that because I don't think classics are going to be the best idea. I th- no. I think the first one should be reliable cars to some degree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it, like I said, it's about... I think the, the the mode of transport there and back is largely irrelevant. Mm. You know, you could they pick people can just drive down in normal cars. Yeah, because it's not a fun drive anymore. You can't you can't speed. You can't do fun things. The police are swarming everywhere. Yeah, there's inevitably going to be holdups on the tunnel. You know, all that. It's basically a schlep down to Le Mans. Yeah, and then you've got it's it's where you stay, who you stay with, yeah. and how you stay is another thing. Like, get the the glamping, or you do the. I think camping, the camping is probably the way. Yeah. To experience barbecues, it. beer. Yeah. If racing. you're under forty, do camping. I'm not. <laughs> if you're feeling like you're under forty, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's one of those where. So I we went when I was a teenager, and it was my dad's mates were all car dealers, mm-hmm. so we had. Gallardos, three sixties, four thirties. We were in a nine nine six turbo. That 
nice. brain, that middle <laughs> of the pack supercar. Yep. Or entry level supercar, really. Mm. Um, and we ended up not me personally. I was in the passenger seat of a C6 Corvette. And we ended up breaking mm. the French speeding ticket record and making the papers nice. and things like that. Awesome. Um, We've probably contributed to why it's so difficult to get <laughs> as as did I. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a saying like you can't do Le Mans without a speeding ticket. Like everybody gets one <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Um, but those were like when you could kind of have an exciting trip, and that, this is nearly 15 years ago. Yeah, about yeah, probably, probably 20 was for me. We, we went yeah. down. A big group of us went down the last trip and it was just amazing such a good vibe and there were some w- weird old cars we had with us there was like a, an Integra Type R nice. there was a, an Impreza a box dress and my friend Simon in his uh, Tuscan oh lovely. so an original Tuscan yeah, yeah. Um, ironically the least reliable car there <laughs> oh absolutely um, and it was it was a glorious thing and he, we hit about 185 on the way back down the down the payage or whatever it's called, and at about 170, the uh, Targa panel started to lift up, like it was about to go and get sucked out Full of the fast car. And furious! So mode. I was literally Simon was driving and I was holding both, and holding this thing, just like, oh my god, can we'll you do slow 15 down? 15 mile an hour more. <laughs> yeah, he, well, he wanted to see how fast it'd go. Right. And he did, and then we slowed down. <laughs> but um, luckily, yeah, we, that, that's when, like, I think it was the Integra was right up ahead checking for police and things. Oh, yeah, like spotting. So, doing spotting stuff. But even that you can't do anymore because now they time you, don't they? You, a lot of it is, it's, like... A lot of it's timed with your AMPR type things. Yeah, and a lot of it's toll roads and you get a ticket at the start and a ticket at the end and they know how long you take and stuff like that because they started to introduce that when we were going... And the second year we went, we knew to expect it. Mm-hmm. So you'd go, you'd steam out of the toll roads, and then you'd stop for an hour. And then you'd get it back on, and then you'd steam to the next one. Because you're like, yeah. well... That's, there's, there's one, I think there's, I remember there's, there's one big section, which was this, one of the best speeding sections that everyone used to do. Yeah. Um, and it's like literally half a mile from the next toll bit. There's a rest area. Yeah, yeah. So and you'd go down there and you'd pull in and it would just be full of supercars all yeah. just going... Ding, 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 I think ding. when we pulled in, there was a Mosler, or Mosler or however oh, it's yeah. pronounced. And we got chatting to him and uh, he's like, I've done 205 on the way down here. We're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like, you, you can tell how, if people are there for a long time, you're like, oh, you are going You've really got, fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're just pit stopping, oh, they've been taking it steady. <laughs> yeah. oh, I've had a full dinner. Oh, how fast did you go? I'm 200 plus. <laughs> full yeah. dinner needed. But uh, and there was always about a mile's worth of tailbacks from the toll booths or the speed cameras. I think when we first went, there was one speed camera, mm-hmm. and you'd go from a, a conservative ninety to thirty for about half a mile. But the queue to this speed camera was about four miles long because you've mm-hmm. got a lot of cars going at ninety, all of a sudden having to come right down to thirty. So it's crunched all the way together yeah. and you'd have absolutely everything you could imagine in that queue I think we pulled up at Tollbooth once and there was a Ferrari Enzo at one and then the you know the Jaguar track car that they did like the single seater thing it's, it was almost a radical but Jaguar made them I think oh yeah yeah there was one of those in the booth next to it <laughs> and then a Ford GT40 in the one next to that and the guy from the, the Jag because it's a central single seat he had to climb out 
grab his ticket, jump back in and get through the barrier and then put all his harness and everything back in <laughs> before the because the barrier came down so quick. But it's one of those trips where it's like everybody from everywhere, mm. no matter what part of society you're coming from, just, right, we're going down to Le Mans, which is why it's a, an interesting one to do. It's, it's frustrating that it's been slightly spoiled, but we've kind of brought that on ourselves, really. Yes. Yeah. Well, it, it's... it's what has spoiled everything, isn't it? People, people are spoiling everything in terms of cars. Yeah, by as, you, as you're finding taking it too far. As yeah, I had to stand in front of an R34 on Sunday that was trying to do a burnout in a village car park. Yeah, and I tell mean, him not to come back. I mean, you know, here I'm sitting here wearing a caffeine and machine T-shirt, and and you know those guys have got it. Right, you know, don't be a dick. Yeah, yeah. There's no need for it. Yeah, and you still get people tearing out of their car park. Yeah, I was there. On a Tuesday afternoon, like last week, and you're still why? Like, mm. Why? Nobody cares. No. Well, Nobody... that's it. You, you're you're among petrol heads. Yeah. And everyone knows what your car sounds like. Yeah. Everyone knows what it's going to sound like. No one gives a shit about <laughs> you revving, especially. Okay, if it's a gnarly V8, it's like yeah, okay, yeah. it does sound good. But no one cares about your four-cylinder with a pops and bangs map going down a bloody tiny village high street. Yeah, and we had that Viper. So it was the GTSR, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it was one of two in Europe, the guy said. Now everybody was like, I can't wait for this thing to start up. And he drove it like a normal human being. He started it up and he crawled it out of the car park and he crawled it down the street, which was... Slightly disappointing, however, not to be a hypocrite, that's the way to do it. Yeah. And then there was a Focus ST that nobody was looking at, and we were all like, nobody cares, Mm. you know what a Focus ST sounds like, and all you're doing is giving, like you're feeding into this guys in focuses with pop and bangs, which we don't care about. Read the vibe of the, the, the morning, nobody's there to sit and rev and things like that, and we're very clearly like, we don't care, don't bother. Because nobody's impressed. Mm. The only person that's having fun is you, and everybody else thinks you're a knobhead. Yeah, I mean, you can go to you can go to meets where that's encouraged and acceptable. Like I think I said on on, on Sunday, the Chelmer Valley, yeah, the Chelmer Valley Essex Car Meets one. Um, I've, I've met the guys from there, and they, it's it's literally in a car park in the middle of nowhere. There is yeah. nobody to annoy other than the people around you. And it's one of the reasons I don't go, because I don't enjoy hearing a, no, a Nissan GTR bouncing off its rev limiter. Um, it's just not something I get. I mean, even I even get bored of hearing Lamborghinis, V12s, yeah. bouncing off the rev limiter. I mean, I've, got, I've got some mechanical sympathy, which some of these people don't seem to have. Yeah. But the fact is, they're there, they're making all that noise, and it's totally acceptable there. Mm. I don't think a lot of people can't seemingly get it into their heads that there are different types of meats yeah yeah to them a car meets a car meet and it's like well but no but it's not no you know there's quiet cars and coffees and then there's the big crazy meats that you're talking about yeah and i have no interest in like the the difficulty for me is as the way that the brand exists is to be inclusive and help people and build community now for me personally i have no interest in pops and bang meats and things like that i don't really want to be associated with it so i don't go to them Mm. And if anything happens, it's definitely going to be the car that's covered in a livery or branding that makes the news. So there's no point in risking that image. However, I appreciate that they are 
places where people congregate and they are places that people make friends and come together. They they still have that capacity. It's just not to my taste. So yeah. it's quite a, a difficult... Like, so the, um, Jordan, who runs Slammed UK, I, I kind of know him kind of by choice, not as well as other people would or I would have possibly had the opportunity to. It's He's that scene and I'm not. So mm. there's not much middle ground. But he's doing very well out of that scene he's making enough money to drive an r8 and he's a very popular guy and he's got a big following and he's very much doing that scene quite well and the event that he runs is like we've got a drift corner and we've got slammed cars and all that sort of stuff Mm. and there's space for it and if it's done well it's done well and there's no point in sitting there going oh that's a load of crap because there's a market and you can do that kind of thing properly like Essex car meets are doing, where they're out the way, where they're not going to piss everybody in Jelmsford off. Mm. And it's contained within its thing, and everybody agrees that that's what they're doing. It's when it spills out into down the centre of Chelmsford and you start making it dangerous or upsetting the locals that you really have to start kind of questioning how worthwhile these things are to keep existing. Yeah, I mean, there are some... I think it's, it's probably safe to say that there are every meet and every aspect of every meet you're going to find bellends frankly you know who just want to show off because i mean i've I've been to classic meets i've been to i've been there was a um i went to a classic meet that was at the at the chelmsford park and ride yeah and it was a there was a oh god it was a ford an old ford coupe right like a 40s like a, pro- oh, like like a, a proper old hot rod yeah yeah proper hot rod big v8 sticking out the front of the bonnet tiny little thing with massive like drag tires uh and he came out of the thing and everyone's going rub it rub it and he went rub, 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 and went boom, boom smack jeez and just, it was all fiberglass and it just, just destroyed the front bit. of it it's like okay well great there you go yeah well done you yeah congratulations you've just ruined your pride and joy yeah because you wanted to show off to all these people well this and is a video of the is it a Chevette or a Chevelle? That red one that ploughs it into a wall. He's borrowed his mate's car to go to a show, yeah. loses it and straight into someone's front garden. Yeah. I mean, there's, you see, there's, there's always videos all over Instagram of that, aren't there? Yeah. The, the G.I. Yaris was the yeah. most recent one, wasn't it? MFN. It pulled out and just and banged it into a ditch. Yeah, and hit someone's legs. Did it? If it's the one that was at MFN, which is middle of fucking nowhere, up in Nottinghamshire... Yes, um, I think it was. Went into the ditch and hit someone in the leg. Oh, no. And knackered this guy's legs. Oh, jeez, I didn't know. Um, yeah. And then there's you that... You only get the TikTok three seconds. Yeah, 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 you don't you get know. the full news story. There was a, an Audi S3 that killed someone recently. Really? They were doing it two lanes, people at either side. Mm-hmm. This S3 is doing 100 down with people all over the place. Christ. And he either lost it or someone stepped out and didn't see him and he hit someone at 100 just dead well yeah and it's one of those where it's like that's not nobody benefits from that happening nobody's impressed nobody thinks you're cool for being able to do 100 in your S3 all you've done is risk and taken someone's life yeah and it's just it's one of those where I think if it becomes culturally unacceptable within the, the the automotive world that's where it starts to become less prevalent because nobody thinks it's cool, so nobody does it. The problem kind of lies in that there are certain people that think it's really cool, so they encourage it. Yeah. And I don't think there's any way to 
not have those people because you kind of have to accept that there are some people like that and yeah. they like cars so they're part of the car community <laughs> exactly yeah it's just, it's, a, it's just a real for me it's such a real shame that so many people are ruining yeah nice meats and it's actually it's more that people end up getting meats shut down like your one at fuel was that couldn't happen because fuel ended up yeah, yeah, not being able to have people there. Nobeds ruined. It wasn't even the meat. It was they went out of the meat onto someone's private land who happened to be the owner of the industrial estate. Yeah, and then it's a business now can no longer do half of its primary function, mm. and then the knock-on effect is the community no longer has a place to go. They have to go somewhere else. Yeah, all because of one or two selfish people that have no consideration for anyone but themselves. Well, that's it. Selfishness, pure yeah. and simple. They they want to do this and they don't think of any consequences of it. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, what, three years so, two thousand and early two thousand nineteen, I set up a company called Reduno, which is a website for and it was a, I mean, it was late, yeah, late mid to late two thousand nineteen. We did a soft launch, and it's it was a, a place to put all car meets. Right. So you'd go on and you can search for you'd say I'm in Brentwood. Show me what's in Brentwood or within 30 miles of Brentwood on Sunday. Yeah. And it would show you all the car meets around you. Brilliant. Cause there, was, there was nothing like that with, Weirdly, that, with that kind of like search. Three of those all started in 2019. Obviously, yeah. your one, Car Calendar, car calendar. and um, Roadster. Yeah. I mean, Roadster was always never had the search aspect of it. And Roadster right. was always more about the social mm. interaction. Car Calendar was really good. They've got some big money backing, as far as I can tell now. A couple of McLarens with car calendar all over. Well, them, exactly. I've seen. Yeah, and that that was like that. It was. It's. Uh, we, we had the the search aspect was our was our big thing. Yeah. Cause nobody had that as their way of searching, which to me seemed a bit weird because that was the most logical thing for me. Yeah, yeah. Because your only alternative is to go Facebook events near me. Dreadful. Yeah. Isn't it? And so it all went through and we, we were set for our huge press launch, had press releases set up and everything. Late 2019. No, no, no. It was it, the, 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 main, the main launch because it was the beginning of the season was oh. end of March 2022. Uh, sorry, end of March 2020. Jeez. Couldn't hmm. have got worse hmm. timing for that. Let me think. What happened then? Did something happen maybe that made nobody go out for two years? Yeah. Oh. And it, it just killed it. I mean, me and my business partner were... Jesus, literally a large. Shelved it and it could come back, or have you just completely shut it? Never? It's still, yeah, it's still there. We, we've still got it because we, we've, we spent the money and built the website, yeah. and it's a bloody great site still. But it, the thing that's holding us back currently, still here, is the the state of the scene mm. is is making it undesirable to to go out and and push it again. We are we're, we're launching in the US, which is the big thing. Yeah, um, but I don't think it's going to happen here again, unless that we get the big success over there, and then we can just port yeah, it over it's here again. Because there are certain ones that work, like mm. coffees and cars has worked quite nicely, and the people have treated it as intended that it's park up, have a coffee, talk mm. is the the idea. And there are a few that exist, like like Carnata up in Northampton. They do mm-hmm. a similar thing: cars, coffee, and chat. It's a park up make friends, talk to people kind of thing. And those ones are really nice to go to. Southside Hustle, for example, it's it's yeah. There's a lot of people within the car world that are doing things right. 
the problem is it's the small minority that are ruining it for everyone else. And it's the small minority that are making the most noise. Yeah. Pun intended by that. <laughs> that is causing the problem. Because it's tarnishing the reputation of all the good things of the car world. Which is a thing that I'm very much trying to shift back in that there is community. There is bringing people together. There's mm. working on a car or cleaning a car and things like that are good for you. I've just changed the clutch cable on the Renault and it's like a really proud moment and it's so satisfying when you fix something yourself and it works. Mm. It's like an elation that you don't really get from any other things, DIY being one of them. Yeah. And it's like, well, these are all really good positives that's all kind of overshadowed by noisy cars or dangerous driving or yobbos threatening people at events and things like that. They're a very small minority of the car world, and it, it's really devaluing all the good stuff that happens. Yeah, which is a, a real it, shame. It is. It's a massive shame because it's it, that's what you say. That's a very good point. It's tarnishing everybody with that that little yeah and tiny annoying brush. <laughs> yeah, you and know? that sort of stuff is very easy for say media and press to jump on. Oh, look mm. how dangerous this is. The good stuff is very easy for them to overlook, and it's hard to to get any inroads into going, look, these are good things that happen. You're just not going to, probably not going to get as many clicks and views because it doesn't create controversy by going, look how nice this is that everybody came and met each other and we've helped people get talking to one another and make friends. Yeah. I've had a few people go, oh, I wouldn't have left the house this month if it weren't for this or I've not made any friends except for here or nobody's spoken to me until I came here for the last six weeks and stuff like that. Mm. That stuff doesn't get seen because it's oh another car crash or a, another residency that's been pissed off by Ford Focus's revving in the Tesco's car park on a Friday evening. Yeah, it, it's a real, a real pain in the arse and a yeah. real shame. A lot of people don't don't get the, the that aspect of being into cars. Yeah, a lot of people think you just want to have you just you like your car and you go out and you drive your car and they go why would you do that? Yeah, it's like well. A, because I like doing it. But B, it's it's everything that surrounds it. It's it's Twitter. It's weird car Twitter. Mm. I mean, I'd, I'd say that there there are two people from Twitter that I chat to now on WhatsApp. Yeah, I chat to them. I'd say if not daily, it's probably five days out of a week. We'll have a conversation and a chat on Twitter every day. You know. Yeah. The, with these two guys and I've never met either of them that's, actually no it's a lie I met one of them um, recently at Fully Charged Live for the first time we've been chatting for th- two or three years yeah yeah the other guy I've known for seven eight years yeah and we've never met he lives up in Scotland in, wild, in the wilds of Scotland right yeah yeah you know we've never met and it, like I would say that you, you, I would count them as saying they're two of my well, they're two of my closest friends in terms of people I'll chat to and yeah, yeah. confide in, even. I suppose, it, in a way, I suppose it, this is a new aspect of, of, of media. Or even if you had a pen pal before, it might yeah, have worked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that you can, I can chat to these people, and that I suppose the fact that I don't see them and I've don't, I haven't met them, there's that inhibition maybe is dropped and you don't have that worry about seeing that person. Or how they're going to perceive me. How perce- face, so you, yeah, yeah, so you can chat to them and you can be very open. It's the same both ways. They, they chat to me about things, I chat to them about things. Um, and it's, 
that's a great thing if you, if you can get that that outlet yeah from something it's brilliant and that has entirely been through through cars w- weird car twitter <laughs> yeah i when we did the haggerty drive it day we were, mike and i were in the Renault, and we're pulling up to this junction there's two cyclists and we, we'd pass them on the road and then we backed up at this junction and one of the cyclists pulls up alongside and he went this is a, a twitter thing isn't it because we've got tacona written down the, mm-hmm. the Renault. I was like, well, technically, yeah. And he went, I know who you are. I was like, this is the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me in my life. <laughs> and then because Luke and I have this running joke about being influencers and all mm-hmm. that, Mike turned to me and he went, oh, influencer time, is it? I was like, oh, bloody hell. Yeah. And then the guy tweeted. He went, I met this person today. Because of Twitter, we happen to know who each other are. And yeah. it's, it's one of those where it's a part of social media that often gets overlooked in that there are some good bits that you can... People can come together for shared passion. Mm. It's very much social media is addictive and negativity drives engagement, things like that. But there are some small shining lights of good stuff that happens. And the car world seems to be a good beacon for the positivity of social media. There is a lot of dick swinging on social media with the car world, but there's also a lot of community and engagement and bringing people together in interesting ways. Yeah. And the good thing about it, generally, not in all the ways, but generally you can, there are now ways that you can just ignore it. Yeah. You can, you can, you can either mute it or you can, you know, filter it out and you don't, you don't have to in, engage with that kind of stuff. Like, like for me, Twitter is in, almost entirely just this, that, that, that weird car Twitter group of people. Yeah, yeah. People that I know. And it's great. I mean, I'd probably spend far too much time there on Twitter. But Yeah, I only picked up Twitter properly when I started Tacoma. And mm-hmm. it was probably only after a year or so that I really started to utilise it. Mm-hmm. And not as a tool, just I quite enjoy how you engage with Twitter. And it's probably the social media that I find my most, like, fun and interesting engagement is twitter mm. like instagram is my main like business purpose social media because it's visual and it's the easiest way to get photos and videos and as a brand being seen is the best way to start growing kind of brand awareness mm. so instagram has a purpose and i have a reasonable engagement with people and i chat to people through it but twitter is the most like i will check twitter more often just to check it Mm-hmm. Whereas Instagram, I'm like, all right, I've got to post something there. For I need to go to Instagram to post it, and then I go back to seeing what's happening on Twitter. Yeah, um, because you find more interesting stuff, and you can see stories unfolding, and you can like, news articles and links and things like that. Mm. It's much more interesting. Yeah, oh, yeah, and and people, you've got like I, I've followed a load of people who are in the US and things and mm. and they they just unearth these things and you're just like oh my god that is so amazing yeah. like it's some ridiculous old 70s I won't I, I, I shouldn't say the word because someone our friend Simon will say something about it but the, the land yachts right he yeah. hates the, I think I think he's okay with land yachts Simon Cy Browse he hates the phrase yank tank Oh right, he absolutely <laughs> hates it. Simon's the one that he's, you know, he's he's, he's got a massive collection of of old, American of old American stuff. stuff that he uses for these weddings and TV and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, and he hates the phrase "yank tank" for some reason. I don't know why he hates it so much. But <laughs> well, Luke's just got that Thunderbird, hasn't he? That he's oh, that thing is incredible. He's still waiting to have on the road, which I think that definitely falls under land yacht. Yeah, I mean, it, they are literally they are boats. Yeah. 
with huge. With wheels. Yeah. I was there today and my Renault was two cars away from it. And I could, there's like three steps to walk around the Renault. It's like a good like 15 to get around that Thunderbird. Yeah, they it's are. It's so big. It is, it's enormous. Luke, Luke and I, you know, throw things over on WhatsApp, random American cars that we find on Twitter, on them, eBay and things. Yeah. And there was one that he sent, it was some old 50, no, six, late 60s Pontiac station wagon right. thing. And I was looking at the pictures and I was like, because it said it was, a, it was a resto mod. And so it had 20-inch chrome fire spokes on it. Right. And it's, I mean, it looked, it looked so good. But I was looking at this picture and I was like, they're 20-inch wheels and yeah, they yeah. looked like 15s. And I was looking, and so I was right, straight on to... Wikipedia, and I, I looked it up, and I found it, found where it was, and it's twenty and a half feet long. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely absurd. I mean, it had a seven point three or seven point four liter V eight, making about seven horsepower, probably. Yeah. But it, just this enormous thing, and you could see, you could probably see fourteen people in there if you wanted to. It's mad, isn't it? Absolute oh. madness. And they were just normal cars back in the day, weren't they? You have yeah. Family of five tootling around in that. Exactly. But that's um, that's what that's one thing I love about the US is like everyone sort of says, Oh god, their their cars are so big. Well they're they're, they're the tiny. Country's massive. They're tiny now compared <laughs> yeah, to what yeah. they were what they were like. And in the fifties there was so much less there. Yeah. That the roads were even bigger and even less populated and you could just cruise around in this 20 foot long station wagon with two kids in the back you know it's all about like proportional scale isn't it yeah um, like uh, Shmi put a video up of it was a Cullinan mm-hmm. next to an Escalade which dwarfed the Cullinan which is over here is a pretty big car yeah and then the Escalade was next to a Ford Raptor which then <laughs> just dwarfed the Escalade it's like how big do you need a truck over there? Like you could park yeah. my Renault in the flatbed of a Ford Raptor, I reckon. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that the um, the Ford have now got the Maverick. Yeah. Pickup, which is basically their tiny little truck. And you look at the pictures of the you've got the Maverick, then you've got the Ranger, and then you've got the F one fifty. And it's the, the Maverick is tiny compared to it, but the Maverick is still. As big, it's, well, it's still forty centimeters longer than my Octavia it, VRS <laughs> thing. It's like a just a giant thing in reality. Yeah. And over here, it would be considered a big pickup, a decent sized pickup, like yeah, yeah. a bit fairly similar to the Ranger. Yeah. You know, in terms of size, but a lot lower. And then, yeah, and then there's there's two more above that. It's mad, isn't it? It is. I mean, I had a, I, I rented a a it was a a full cab, so it was full four full doors. Yeah. And medium bed size right. um, Silverado a couple of years back when I went to a few years back in when I go to Florida yeah because it was it six just had it on offer I think now they had a, a different car and I, I always get bumped because I had a from a, a previous job and it was like this thing and it, it, it was ridiculous there was just three of us and it was absolutely enormous yeah I, and I I, it, I was like oh yeah America. <laughs> A big V8 pickup, and just driving it out for the first time, I just instantly regretted it. I was just like, "What did I do this for?" Your spatial awareness now has to accommodate all of that. Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm actually driving an aircraft carrier. Yeah, around this place, it's stupid. Um, the Jason who owns deranged trucks. Mm, I know Jason. He's got a 
F-150 Raptor mm-hmm. from the US. And I, it, it wasn't Jason driving it. It was a friend of ours borrowed it for a bit. And I followed that to the Warren Golf Course in Chelmsford mm-hmm. in the 86. And I think if he'd have reversed, he probably wouldn't have noticed the 86 was there until his wheels were on my dashboard. Oh, yeah. Because the <laughs> bottom of that pickup truck was higher than my roof line. And it was wider than the car before you got to the taillights. And it yep. was just an absolute monster of a thing. And we mm. were trying, and it's obviously left-hand drive, and we're driving it down UK back roads to get to this golf course. And every car practically dived into a hedge just to get out of his way as he's yeah. thundering through. Is it, isn't his, is his one is like it lifted a, as well? I think it might be. I think it's got a couple of, a few inches lift, and it's got bigger wheels and tyres on it as well. So yeah. it's even higher than, than a normal it's Raptor. bigger than normal. It's just an absolute monster to be around. Yeah. But it's like a seven litre V8 or whatever super truck. It, it left me in a straight line mm. easily. And then we had to fill up. And I was like, oh, I've put 50 quid in and filled it. And after my 50 quid had gone in, he still stood there like. I think the tank takes about 100 quid to get to a half. Yeah. And then you kind of get through that in about 20 miles or something. Jesus. <laughs> like it really just drinks fuel. And it's a petrol, so it's even course, more yeah. thirsty. But it's an absolute monster. Um, yeah, I do. I mean, there's a lot to be said. It's weird. Essex tends to have. I think I've seen more <clears throat> like Rams and F 150s and things. Yeah, we're in around the Essex. south of the UK. Like, if we're thinking of the deep south. Yeah. <laughs> we're in the deep south of the UK, really, in Essex, yes. aren't we? Yeah. If you go to Canvey Island, there's an unusual amount of old American cars knocking around. And yeah. old American military trucks and stuff like that. Um, which is weird, because Canvey Island's a very small pace. Funny enough, my Renault came from Canvey Island. Really? That's where the person who had it before the person I got it off had it. Hmm. So it spent a lot of its life rusting away near the sea. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I think we're in the deep south of the UK, that's why. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, Canvey Island tends to have... And not just those cars. There's, there's a lot of supercars there as well. Yeah, I, I went down to. I was had to I had to go and 3D scan. Um, I was doing a job for somebody who lives up in Gloucester. Right. Doing some parts for a McLaren 600LT. Right. Some canards. Nice. For the front. Not many of them about to be fair. No. But he, um, funnily enough, the guy who lives just at the back there had one until about two months ago, and he swapped it for a 911 Turbo S new one. Fair but, enough. Anyway. Um, I didn't. I mean, driving to Gloucester is just Quite to, to go way, and scan it. it. It's a hell of a trip. And he said, "Well, there's a guy on a forum from in Canvey. If you want to go and scan his car, he says he's fine." So I went down there, and he's got a 850 horsepower Nissan GTR and a 600 LT. Nissan GTR is not covered in livery like drift spec, is it? Uh, no, it's it's very it's a very subtle Litchfield oh. build because there's a, a like monster liveried GTR on Canvey. Yeah. Exactly. So that, that's two yeah. monstrous GTRs. Well, Steve Bagsy, I think his surname is like Baggioni or something like that, mm-hmm. who's Monsters UK drift driver, lives yeah. in Southend. Yes. So you, you'll see his drift cars on a trailer every so often if you're over that way. Well, I lived over there, so I just mm. pass every so often. But yeah, it's just there seems to be a high proportion of it around here. In all fairness, I've just moved to Northampton and there's cars everywhere. Around the corner from me, there's a guy that daily drives a Lancia Delta. Just this old guy. It's got no. It's got one seat. Oh. It's a little bit ratty. 
Yeah. And he just drives it. It's just sat on his drive. And I, I, we walked to the Tesco Express around the corner. And it was just parked up outside. And this old guy just wandered out. And it had like, he had like an old guy's rule T-shirt on. Nice. In his flip-flops. Got in it and just drove it back. <laughs> I was like, I know where you live. And it's only like 400 yards away. And he still drove. I was yeah. like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Want to drive your Delta? Go for it. <laughs> yeah. And currently my day job is like the other side of Oxford. So I do a lot of across the A43 and mm-hmm. the A34, which is quite annoying that it's those two roads. And just going anywhere near Silverstone on any day of the week, you'll see something interesting. Oh, yeah. And I had a Ford Galaxy. I saw a Ford Galaxy and I was like, oh my God, a Ford Galaxy. And it, I completely missed the Lamborghini next to it because this Ford Galaxy was coming along. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, a Ford Galaxy. Oh, and a Lamborghini. How nice. Mm. Like, that, I'm, I'm assuming it's... Uh... Galaxy with an IE, not a Galaxy with a Y. Yeah, 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 the proper There's one. a few of them driving around here. <laughs> yeah. You, you, see, you see loads of these here in Essex. It's easy. <laughs> seventh seat MPV. Yeah. Um, we passed the Zafira that had a, an adult in the seventh seat yesterday. Oh, fun. Grace had never seen that before. She's like, is that person sat in the boot? I was like, oh, no, there's a seat there. She's like, mm. what? It's like, yeah, you sit on the floor. There's no footwell or anything. You're basically just sitting on the floor yeah. with a backrest. Funny enough, there's a, um, a guy uh, up... One of the roads near me here, he's just, he, they, they moved in recently. He's got a, a Blue Zafira VXR. Now oh. that's a rarity. That is a rarity and probably for a good reason. Yes, it's probably absolutely dreadful. Yeah. But before that, he had a Mariva VXR, which is even more rare. Did he did a Mariva VXR? Yeah. Basically, they just took was... VXR running gear from the Astra and chucked it wherever they wanted, didn't they? Uh, well, that, that was the, I think the Mariva is the Corsa. Oh, the right. The Corsa VXR. That makes more sense. 1.6, whatever it was. But yeah, that, that, there's some oddities, and that's that's a real shame. We just do not get that. No, you you're not going to get that anymore. Those those really interesting. weird little interesting products. Yeah, because it's like okay, you've got too many kids, but you still like cars. So here you mm. go, <laughs> king yeah. of the council estate, really, aren't they? Yeah. Well, but, I mean, give it. Well, give it ten years, and there will be. There's there's going to be no. I, I I really struggle to find how there's going to be the individuality. No. In cars. I think I saw a thing about the ever-increasing, like, everything looking the same that's happening. Mm. And it was like, the new X5 looks like the new GML or whatever it Mercedes yeah. equivalent looks like. And they're, they're all becoming homogenous blobs with wheels, aren't they? They are. And um, everything is now an SUV or a crossover. Yeah. Oh, Toyota have got rid of the Yaris <laughs> and created the Yaris Cross, which is just a Yaris with lifted suspension and plastic bits on the arches. Yep. I think... The Igo X as well. That's yeah. another one. The GLA is now probably more popular than the A-Class. Because everyone that I see seems to be a GLA. Yep, they are. I and mean, it's, it's kind of yeah. defeats the point because everyone goes, oh, I want that for the higher road position. It's like, yeah, but if everyone's on a higher road position, you're all at the same level again. Yep. And the only person that can see over you is a guy in a bloody lorry. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it, it's literally, I mean, it must be on a daily basis now that there's a, another electric SUV being yeah. revealed. I, I, was, I saw the, I was reading all the McLaren Artura review this right. morning. I haven't seen that. And on Autocar, it popped up that the story below was mclaren's new electric suv that's coming and it's like oh god i know now lotus have done one and they're doing one ferrari ferrari an engine uh, one yeah i don't think they're gonna do well there's like a cross isn't it yeah looking at the pictures it's basically what i would always want to to have done which was to buy a gtc4 luso or an ff and lift lift it and put it on big wheels yeah big off-road tires 
which a few people have actually done now. Um, nice. And it's basically that. It's just a, a slightly lifted. Yeah, it's not a, a urus. No, I don't even, urus. I don't think it's, I, I don't think, I'm not sure if I can say, because I do know, but I don't know what you can say, because I might get told off. Let's avoid it. In terms of, yeah, in terms of, it's got four doors. Right. Some people have thought it might be a three door, but it has got four doors, but they, there might be a slight RX-8 hint oh, nice. to them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, that's exciting because it's got a big snarling V12. Yeah, they kept the V12, which was always yeah. good. But I, I, I think, and this is, uh, this is not known, I, th- I, I think there's going to be literally a v, V12, twin turbo V8 and a V6 version. Wow. V6 hybrid. yeah. yeah. So they're going. For, there's going to be lots going of different full range on it. Yeah, I think there are different things for different markets, but yeah. that's exciting. I mean, utterly irrelevant to me. I'm never going to be able to afford or even drive a three hundred thousand pound mega SUV. Nor would I ever want to because I find the the pro- that one a bit more because it's a bit more of a lifted normal car. But things like Urus, Anus, um, Towrag. Well, any any of the performance ones for me. So the so S- RSQ8. RSQ8, Urus, G63, yeah. SVR, X5 Range Rover, X5M. X5M. 50i X-Drive. Well, just just, um, just the X5M. I know, you know but I like and... how many yeah. things they keep pointing <laughs> onto them. Yeah, I just, I, I don't get them. I don't understand why anyone wants a firm riding, yeah. ridiculously fast, 2.8 ton SUV. I saw a video of an SVR Range Rover nearly spin out, pulling out of a car meet the other day. I was like, how do you manage that? How do you manage to That's lose him. the back end in an SVR Range Rover? Impressively yeah. stupid. Very stupid. <laughs> Bentayga, another one. Bentayga, yeah. I big, fast thing. I mean, the flip side is like the, you've got the, like the new Range Rover. Yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not completely against high riding 4x4 type vehicles. The Defender... Even yeah. the Defender V8, because it's not, they're not trying to make it quick and handle. No. That's just a cool-ass Defender with a massive engine that, that makes a great noise. as well. Yeah, and it just, it makes a great noise, and it is quick when you want to overtake somebody. The, that's the sort of the exception to the rule. Whereas you, It's still a utilitarian car. Yeah. And it's kind of focus, isn't it? Yeah, whereas it's, it's the one, I just don't get the, the focus on like Nürburgring lap times. In a, for in a SUV. two and a half to three ton SUV. Buy an RS6. Yeah, because no, nobody who can afford a 200 grand Urus, no one who does that isn't, is going to have just an Urus. Yeah. Are they? If, if, if it was because these people want to have just one car and they want to be able to have fun at the road at the weekends, blah, 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 but they're not, they're going to have a, a Nissan GT, an Urus owner's going to have a... Probably got a Huracan. A Huracan yeah. or some kind of tuned GTR or something. You know, yeah, it's yeah. going to be... It's, I don't. I don't get why you need that. Why I imagine just... there's a big proportion of people buying these cars that are never going to drive them quickly. Hmm. Like it's probably more of a status symbol than anything else. Yeah, I imagine we'll find a lot of them in Brentwood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's there's an, there's an Urus up that road. Yeah. Up, up there, there's um, oh countless, there's countless G63s. Yeah. Range Rover SVR. There's lots of Range Rover SVRs around here. Yeah, you know. I've seen a few. A few. <laughs> I went to uh, an open day at a private school at the weekend. Right um, over there. Uh, and the parking space was wider to fit. No, the they're SUVs. not. <laughs> it was the worst 
example of driving slash parking I think I've ever seen. Because <laughs> every single car in the car park, or every other, not, probably 90% of the cars, were, it was X5s, X7s even, it was Touaregs, yeah. KNs, Range Rovers, G-Wagons, all of these enormous things. And every single one of them was parked at 20 degrees to the flipping thing. <laughs> so there was, there was actually half the number of spaces. Yeah, yeah. Because none of them could park. Because none of them... Because once two of them, a space apart, have, have parked like idiots. Mm. Everybody... One of the, another one of those can't even yeah. consider fitting in. It was then like the, the random polo that could just park in, the, in between them. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, just get a grip. Learn how to drive. Oh, it's, it's a nightmare. You know, the the thing that gets me most is the width aspect. Yeah. Like, okay, you've got you've got a you've got a car that's you think is really wide. Okay, you're driving in a Range Rover, for example. That is one thousand nine hundred ninety millimeters wide, right? Right. I just I don't know stats. Um, my Octavia is one thousand eight hundred and sixty-five. Right. Okay. So it, there is a thirteen centimeter difference in the track width of those two cars. That's that much. Yeah. Yeah. 13 centimetres is not a lot. As a podcast, um, Tim is using his index finger in his... Sorry, yeah, that's meaning, yeah. Find find a ruler and... uh, Do 15 centimetres. Do 15 centimetres, yeah. It's not a lot, is it? And yet they are a metre from the cars on their side of the road. Yeah. Because they think they're in this giant thing. Yeah, because they've got... the Where you sit in one of those versus where you sit in your Skoda is... 30 centimetres from the edge of the car because the door yeah. is full of padding and leather and yeah. sound deadening and all that sort of stuff. So you feel like the width of the car is bigger because you're much more centrally positioned. Mm. Whereas in our cars, you're sat next to the edge of the door because there's not 8,000 grams worth of bloody padding and sound deadening between <laughs> you because you can actually hear what's going on. Yeah, and, and half a dead cow. Yeah. yeah. I know. I, I, was, I was thinking like, Everyone's everyone's who has a driveway, they, they should have posts, just so that you every day you have to go out of your drive. You're like, oh, okay, I yeah. know this. I know this is where I'm at the end of the sides and the end of my car. The is. scariest thing to do in any car is a width restriction bit of road. Mm-hmm. That is, no matter what car you're in, you're always like, I'm so close. Like I'll be in the 86, which is by no means a wide car, but because mm. you're so low down, it feels like everything's about a millimeter off. Yeah. And I'll go, oh my god, it's so close. And I'll be in the Renault, and I'm like. I know this is a tiny little car, but it's now because you've put a post in the way. Yep. It feels like it's really big all of a sudden. Well, it's because in in nothing, in no car, can you see yeah. the, those curbs at the bottom usually? Because usually it's the curbs actually, isn't it? Especially around the yeah, yeah. It's not the post itself. It's the it's the, the big built up concave curves as well. Yeah, yeah. The ones that are designed to get your wheel right in the middle, <laughs> yeah. not just on They're the edge of the spoke. Designed to give maximum damage because they'll get your wheel and then half your door as well. Mm. But like, like you say, you, you, you can't see down by your wheels, so yeah. you just don't know. You have to have an aerial atom to know what's going on. Yeah, perfect. We should all drive aerial atoms. Exactly. Or a Nomad. Yeah. That's def- I think the, the Nomad is one of my favourite things ever. It's a very, very cool car. Yeah. They, did, like, they had no need to do that, and they still did it. And it's yeah. the coolest thing. A friend of mine has an aerial atom. In fact, he's just got a new one. And his, his old one is the first car I ever went on a track in, like Ooh. passenger lap in that. And then 10 minutes later, I got to take my car out. Mm-hmm. So basically, I just got the 86 about a month ago, like before this event. And Piston Heads had asked for 
a group of members to come down and represent Piston Heads at an event. It also included two 20-minute sessions on the Saturday and two 20-minute sessions on the Sunday at Donington. Mm-hmm. Um, and only nine of us turned up. So we were all um, like, oh, we've still got these 20-minute sessions. And I was like, oh, I've never been on track before and I've only just got my car. And this guy went, you're never going to get Donington with only eight other people. Mm-hmm. And you can just go slowly because you've basically got it empty so you can learn how to be on track. I was like, oh, I'm not sure. All right, park yours in the pits, jump in the passenger seat of mine for 10 minutes. I'll pull in, then you can go out in yours. So my first ever experience of a track <laughs> was empty Donington in an aerial atom. That's like full chat and all that. So Sweet. Uh, but he'd driven up, fr- he lived in Surrey at the time, I think. So he'd driven up from Surrey to Donington that morning. It wasn't that warm. Mm. And he just had a bag that he ratchet strapped to the passenger seat and the scaffolding and a stupid dry wind cheater and some sunglasses and a beanie hat. And he's just done like, I think he's just done Le Mans in his new one. He's wow. like, right, there's the storage sorted. It is the passenger seat. Yeah. And away you go. Oh, and they, it's just brilliant. They are. I mean, I've, I've only very briefly driven an Atom, an Atom 3 on the road. Hmm. And it was, it was just amazing. Yeah. Genuinely unbelievable. Because I, I think I had a, I had a, Caterham 620R nice. press car for the weekend yeah. and I just literally came across somebody as I was out for a hoon and we pulled over and we got chatted we, we, we just we ended up driving together for a bit and yeah um, I mean the 620R is they're bonkers fast absolutely though, insane yeah in terms of it, it's stupidly quick sequential box and like you can do flat shifts so you don't need to do the clutch when you're changing up and things so you're just like bang 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 through and all of a sudden you're doing silly speeds yeah um and we just played around for a bit and then he he took me out for a little spin and i took him out for a little spin um and it's oh i've completely forgot where i was going with that how fun the atom is yeah there you go it is it's brilliant <laughs> and it is it's it safe is. when you forget everything else <laughs> yeah it's it's just they're they are so good and it was in, in many ways it was a much better thing to, to be driving on the day than than the catering the catering i don't quite understand it's it's way too fast for the road. Right. I'm, I haven't been tracking a 620R. I don't imagine it's bonkersly good. Yeah, I think that's probably the main target for the 620R because the the issue the original Atom had was the lack of downforce. Mm. So when you were cornering, you felt the front get a little bit light. Not that I've driven one. This is feedback from people that have. Mm-hmm. And then they did the Aero Pack and it changed the car entirely. Yeah, and then you could really attack everything with it just because it's. The Catron's obviously got the engine at the front putting some weight on that front end. So it doesn't yeah. quite need the aero that the Atom does being mid-engined and having nothing nothing to push any air down. <laughs> Literally nothing yeah. other than some scaffolding. And it's a very narrow bit of scaffolding and some wheels. So yeah. a lot of people have said, oh, once you get that aero pack on, it really does improve the dynamic of the car, especially yeah. on track, which is kind of what they're all built for, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, which is the reason why I love the Nomad, because it's designed for the road. Yeah, and it's, it's, people say, you know, you're supposed to put the off-road wheels and you can go, but you don't always have access to that. Yeah, you on the you road. can take a speed bump at full speed, it's quite a, a lot more exciting. <laughs> yeah, and you, and you can. And, the, and it, it leans and it rolls. And it, if you have the off-road tyres on, yeah. it's, it slides at, at low speed. I mean, you can control it and stuff. Because I was really lucky that we, we had um, Ariel's press car. Yeah for uh it was only for two days but we we went down and my uh, my time co-presenter christian he went down to them and picked it up and we met up somewhere out 
in the southwest. I can't remember where it was now. A little, <laughs> little, little tiny town. Um, because his uncle has got a huge farm. It was eight, 800 acres. Um, and it was November or something. So it was, in terms of what was planted, there wasn't much. Yeah. And he basically said, you can see the fields where there's stuff growing. Don't go in those. Don't ones. go in those. Anything else, you've got free reign. Yeah. And so we had a day with Ariel's Nomad press car on Nobblies. Amazing. And an 800-acre farm to just leather it around. We spent yeah. the entire day. We had to fill it, we had to fill it up twice because <laughs> we just spent... It was non-stop the whole day yeah. banging off the limiter, sliding it. Just non-stop. Oh, so much fun. And it was... It was it, that was... It ranks up there as one of the best days yeah. I've ever had. It was so good. We, we did. We went back there again to the farm with a Ranger Raptor. Oh yeah, yeah. A red one Ford press car again, and it was that was that was fun. But but no getting that thing sliding through a ploughed field is hilarious, if slightly concerning because there's so much mass involved. Yeah, yeah. You, like I was like full four wheel drifting this this Raptor around a, a field. Like on full lock, and you're like, if this digs in, it's, it's only one thing's going to happen, and there's going to be a lot of rolling. Three tons of metal and a, flying in the air. Yeah, and a, a very embarrassing phone call to Ford Ford's press garage. Um, but it, the, the, the Nomad, it's just hilarious, because there's, there's nothing to it. Yeah. And it's it's so easy. It, I mean, you, you instantly turn into a drifting god. <laughs> because because there's so little momentum involved and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You steer it. You just completely steer it on the throttle, and there's there's no power steering, so it's just like brilliant. Yeah, oh, absolutely loved it. I need to have a go on one one day. Hopefully, I get opportunities to do more fun things as things progress. Because that yeah. sort of stuff does look like a lot of fun. It does. I mean, I, I'm I'm trying to think of ways I can get to drive once or because because of what we do. It's I kind of have to go down the ranks quite a way before you get hold of press cars. Yeah. Just because in terms of outlets, it's, it's very small comparatively. Um, but that's fine because you can generally do more silly stuff later on. Yeah. You have to do silly things to send out more. Um, but I, I know that people are driving the uh, more, the new Morgan Super 3 yeah. this week. They're, they're doing the press drives of those. Um, and that's something I want to get into. Because I've driven the... I drove the older three-wheeler. Mm. Um, yeah, because you're not allowed to call it the new three-wheeler. It has to be no, called the Super, Super three. 3, yeah. And the old one was, was just hilarious. Brilliant. Yeah, I had a very, very, very brief passenger ride for about 200 yards in one. Mm-hmm. And it was still, like, giggly fun. Yeah, oh, you were in, in Alex's, Alex's, weren't you? Yeah. yeah. His, his little... His little purple... His, his little throbber. <laughs> throbber purple. <laughs> but yeah, they Cars like that need to exist to keep the passions going. And I think oh, yeah. one of the things we're finding at the minute is we're almost kind of having these last hurrahs of mm. interesting, exciting cars because it's like, well, we're not going to be able to do this for much longer. So we might yeah. as well just have a go at it. Like, even stuff like the GR86 sold out in, what, 90 minutes? Yeah. And it's like... God, I wish I'd bloody got an order in one of those. Well, <laughs> so mine went in for its service the other day and I sent a tweet saying... I wonder why car companies or like dealerships don't give you a courtesy car that's like, say I'm bringing my GT86 in for its 90,000 mile service. Mm-hmm. 
why didn't they go, do you want to borrow a Supra for the afternoon? Because I'm more likely to lean into, yeah, I, my car's got a lot of miles. If you want to keep me within the Toyota brand, it would make sense to look at the Supra. So I tweeted saying, I wonder why car dealers don't do test drives instead of courtesy cars, like borrow a car for a day. Mm. And because I'd said mine's gone in for its service, Toyota replied and said, is there anything that you had in mind to borrow? And I was like, there's three that I would love to borrow, but they're all bloody, like, GR86 would be the obvious one, Mm. but there's no point because they're all sold out. So I couldn't have one, even if you did have one to lend (laughs) me. The Supra doesn't have the space that I need in the back, so I'm not going to go into a Supra. And the GR Yaris is just a bit too small, as much as fun as it is. Mm. It's a little bit too small for the dynamic that I want. So I'm most likely going to go towards an M2. Yeah. But I can't go to be with it. Why my GT86 is in for its service? Can I call <laughs> yeah. borrow an M2 for an afternoon, please? Yeah. But it's one that's... of those where you'd think the sales and the service departments might talk to each other. You'd think so, wouldn't you? I, they probably don't. No. And there's probably an argument to be said that if I'm spending 250 quid to 500 quid on a service... I'm probably then not going to be wanting to buy a new car for a year because I've just spent 500 quid on a service to keep my car mm. unless I was servicing it to sell it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it, it's more about it wouldn't really do them any harm. Yeah. And it's if, it, if they got a 10% hit rate, then it's probably worth doing yeah. on those things. I mean, you can get, cause you can get the uh, you can get the Supra with the manual now as well. And they do a two litre. Yeah, but you can only get the manual in the three litre. Mm. Which is interesting. I find that very interesting what they've done there because it's a completely new gearbox as well, and they've just used it on one. They've just they're just using it on that, and they haven't even they haven't offered it to BMW either for the Z4. For the Z4, it's literally it's just in that car, and they developed it themselves. But see how Toyota had done that recently, haven't they? I mean the GR the GR80 uh, sorry the the GR Yaris is a just an enormous engineering exercise for something that doesn't sell very much. Yeah, and it's. Also, not a rally car that they can use because mm. the regs all changed, didn't they? Yeah. So they can't even use it for its homologation purposes. Yeah. But uh, bonkers. I don't know. And you also can't put the Yaris stuff in the GT86, which would have been a fun crossover thing to have done. Yeah. Imagine a, a, a GR86 with the three cylinder turbo, three cylinder servo, and all wheel drive. Mm. Yeah. I guess the, the thing with the all wheel drive is that, well, probably wouldn't be that hard to do the all-wheel drive for the 86 because you've got the existing prop shaft. Mm. So you don't have to fashion it. You just have to mate it up to the four-wheel drive system from the GR Yaris. Yeah, but then, well, you've got the... The GR86 is all about... Um, Front-engine rear-wheel drive. Yeah, that, that, NA, that balance. Yeah. NA thing. Having, I, can't, I can't wait to drive the new one. I mean, it's... Are you going to be allowed to? Is there any... Are there, is there any point in Toyota marketing this car at all now that they've all sold? Probably not, but I, I'll still try. Yeah, I'd love to have a go in a new one, but <laughs> yeah, I can't I'll, see I'll them. still, you know, I'll still be bothering Graham in, from the press fleet soon. Well, good thing he's left, doesn't he, now? The head of PR? Yeah. Um, Scott. Scott. Yeah. But I'll be, I'll be bothering them sometime next year, probably. They'll still have one on the fleet, you know. That's the thing. The only one that you'll be able to buy now is the Express car. Mm. Probably oh no, be... no! You'll you'll be able to buy you'll be able to buy countless second hand ones. But I've I've got I'm trying to place bets on to how how much the first one's going to go up for because it's it's thirty grand, isn't it? Yeah. It was bang on. It's like twenty nine nine ninety 
for the for the manual. Someone's going to put one up at forty, I reckon. I reckon ten. Yeah, there's going to be a ten grand over. I think that's what happened with the Yaris, isn't it? They all went. They started popping up at forty and forty-five, and I think the car was thirty-three. Yeah, off the top of my head, just mental. Um, yeah. But yeah, I reckon I reckon they'll be going for ten over, and I, I really hope. I genuinely hope no one pays it mm. because it's not worth forty grand. No. You know. I, I own the previous one, and that's not a forty grand car. No, that was it, I'd probably go. To, I would. I would probably stretch to thirty-five. Mm. You know, if, if, the if, they'd, if, they'd, the if they'd sold it at thirty-five, yeah. <laughs> the second-hand market is seeing a weird little fluctuation at the minute. Like my car's mm. almost worth what I paid for it. Yeah, which is weird. I mean, it wouldn't be because mine's on the mileage that it's on. Although technically. <laughs> It's on its second engine, so it's only technically done forty-five thousand miles, not oh, ninety thousand, nice. um, which doesn't speak much. Toyota, <laughs> <laughs> it's a Subaru thing. It's a Subaru engine, so yeah, that's why. Um, but yeah, it's one of those where, because of what is going on with chip shortages and the death of internal combustion and things like that, <laughs> the fun cars are retaining value. Yeah, someone's just sold. Well, it's it seemed to have peaked probably early this year, tail end of last year, someone tried to sell a very similar condition to mine for 15 grand. Hmm. Whereas it, six months before, it was probably worth 10. Yeah. But I've just seen an Aero with 30,000 miles and a couple of tastefully done mods come up for 14. So it's showing that they are dipping back down again. Mm-hmm. But hopefully they become the next Nissan 200SX or the S14 or whatever you want to call the bloody Sylvia. Yeah. And they, <laughs> they go back up again as they become I'm, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will now with with how things are going. Yeah. I'd um, love to Safari build mine. Oh, that'd be amazing. If I was in the position to keep it and get an M2, I'd love to either take it to Rally Prep or mm-hmm. take it near Tuttle See if they had any ways to safari it a bit. Yeah. I'd have to sell a damn lot of t-shirts, but it'd <laughs> yeah. be worth it. Yeah, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Because like, when you hear like Matt Farah talking about his Safari 911, mm. it just really makes me want a safari-built car, even though I'd probably never take it anywhere near a safari. Just to have that kind of car would be cool. Like, there's a, a Cummins-swapped Mark IV Supra that's lifted on off-road tyres. <laughs> In the nice. UK, it's been... Really? Yeah, yeah, it was at Japfest, and I missed seeing it in the metal. I saw a video of it doing, like, you know when they stand at the roundabout at Silverstone, mm-hmm. and it was probably, like, six cars behind me, and I didn't know it was there. Oh, no way. It was, like, this S14 that I was behind, then me, and then a couple of cars, and this bloody Cummins Supra that I've been seeing. I was like, oh, my God, it was so close. That's, yeah, that's it's, just it's, a mental build, isn't it? It's lifted, wide arches, big off-road tyres, Cummins diesel in it which is the best thing to do to a Mark IV Supra because nobody wants you to do that to a Mark IV Supra. They no. all want it pristine with a 2J and a big turbo yeah. running 900 horsepower when the turbo eventually spools up. <laughs> That's just ace. But yeah, Cummins swapped it. I saw a video yesterday actually of a bog standard Golf R versus a 900 horsepower Supra. And because the Golf R is four-wheel drive and doesn't have a big turbo like the Supra does, it took the Supra about just under a quarter of a mile to catch the golf it by was the time it had spooled up it had, the golf had already gone <laughs> so. yeah well, that's the the thing with these the, any any of these modern like everything's got the what is it the EA888 
mm. Volkswagen, two litre petrol. I've got one in mine, and those things with a DSG box. Yeah, it's rapid. Know, 300 horsepower in the R. It's absolutely mental how fast they are. Yeah. I've not driven the new RS3. That's something I've, I've really have got to do. I've got to get hold of Audi and say, "Oi, give a press car because we'll put it's it on BOTB or something." Well, it's, in in two th- in tw- this year so far, I think I worked it out the other day because I was supposed to speak to them at the SMMT test day and I didn't end up doing it. But I think in yeah this year so far, BOTB winners have won, I think five RS threes, uh, two RS sixes, an RS seven, and an RS Q eight. Wow, I don't know what percentage of those they actually bought went for the car. Because <clears throat> you can get a, you get a cash you can take the cash alternative, and a lot of people are doing that at the moment because it's you've got to wait a year and a half for a car, right? Yeah, yeah. if you order one new, um, so a lot of people are taking the cash. But I mean, that's that's still a lot of publicity. So it's like, come on, just give an RS three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they they, they gave they gave one to Tim Schmee for three months for the Museum <laughs> Channel, so just for them to tootle around him. So. I mean, in all fairness to him, he's done it well. Like, mm. I would have no criticisms of Tim. Like, I discovered him when he did the. He didn't do the gumball. He went alongside it in his R eight. Yes, <laughs> and that's when I first encountered him. Mm-hmm. Like, as a, a fan of cars, like, mm. I've only been in any way connected to the car world since 2019, which is a great time to start being a <laughs> in the car. Yeah, like, from a professional standpoint, mm. but just to. To have done the way that he's done things and to grow the way that he's grown, just hats off to the guy. Like, mm. it's one of those where everybody that is pissy about him is probably just really fucking jealous. Yeah, they are. Uh, and it's it's funny. It's it's a phrase that people say all the, a lot about him, but it is a hundred percent true. He is literally the hardest working person I know. Mm. The guy. I think back again. We're going back. I think in 2019, he did. He averaged. I think he flew more than two, more than twice, or something every week. Two Jeez. two flights, so that's four actual flights. Yeah, every single week. Jeez, I think it was. It was. It was something ridiculous. I think he did something like 280 individual flights or something. I mean, it, absolutely mental. Yeah. You've never here. Plus any road trips or driving or yeah. anything like that. That's a lot of work. It is. I mean, he, he did, when he picked up, he picked up his SF90 mm. in, from the factory. Yeah. Which in itself is an absolute piss take because of Brexit now. Yeah. That the car had to be, was basically built in Maranello. It was then shipped or put on a, on a, tra- on a trailer or shipped however it was done um to the uk where it was registered and then shipped back uh, and then ppf'd at topaz yeah and then shipped all the way back to italy so that he could pick it up from the factory because if he'd picked it up from the factory and driven it back he'd have had to pay the extra vat on it as, oh, he, yeah. as he passed through customs so that that thing like i mean i know what, what he does isn't exactly the most um uh, environmentally friendly thing on the on the, on the planet anyway <laughs> but the fact that that thing had already gone from Italy to the UK and back to Italy again before he picked it up and drove it back to the UK Jeez. but it's that thing it's already done like it's it's done 
six, seven thousand kilometers or six, seven thousand miles, really. Like drove it all the way around Europe. Good, good on him then. Like I've seen some yeah. photos of it, like covered in dirt. It's like yeah. great. I love to see. That's what people want to see. Exactly. That's the one thing. People, no one can ever say he doesn't drive his cars. Yeah. I think he doesn't average. Is he averages about forty thousand miles a year, or something across those cars? Across all of it. Yeah. I mean, that's bonkers. The the Ford GT he did two thousand miles in it in the like within a month of, it, of picking it up across the US. Well, I guess that's a trip across the US. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, that was driven around there. I think he's going to do the same when he gets his Zenbo as well. Oh, I hope so because another big, thing is it provides opportunity for people to see these kind of cars. Yeah, like when are you going to see a Zenbo? If Shmi drives one, that's it. Like who exactly, else is yeah. driving one. Yeah. I, he was at um, petrol hedonism last year. I didn't get a chance to bump into him because I was running the stand and everything. I bumped into Richard Warnings, which was fun because hmm. he was super tired and really did not give a shit about a 500 quid Renault 5, which I thought was amazing. <laughs> so I got a photo of him with it. Um, his wife's lovely, actually, hmm. if anyone cares. Yeah. <laughs> his, his wife's very nice um, in every way you can think. Okay. But he, was, like, he stood there, he's got his. Uh, Black Edition Mercedes was there. Mm-hmm. The, the thing was, Zach's garage were also there, and they uh. take it to another level. <laughs> yeah, and they've got like a D Type and an SL three hundred and a Chiron and a F fifty and a Carrera GT and another Carrera GT. Like, wow, that is car collecting to a, a whole yeah. other world. But yeah, he's just he was chatting to people, he was mingling with people, he was wandering around. There was none of this. Oh, I'm better than you kind of stuff. And I've met smaller YouTube stars stars mm-hmm. and in inverted commas who are much less nice yeah and are very much more up their own backside to a certain extent and it's really yeah. annoying and then you see people like tim who are arguably the most successful mm. being the nicest and you're like well i'm glad that you're the successful one because you by all accounts deserve to be yeah. because you're not a dick about it yeah the, the, and a lot of the a lot of the guys I won't, I won't name the person who it is, but I've known said person for 10, 12 years or something, and they knew them at the beginning, yeah. and they didn't really have a following. And then five years in, their following was huge. Yeah. And I didn't speak to them for five years, pretty much, because they were an absolute insufferable prick. Again, I won't say who it was, but they were an insufferable prick for five years. Yeah. And now they've calmed down again. They're manageable, and they're and they're, they're back to being their old their old friend. But it just went to their head, yeah, because they were young at the time. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine what it's like being twenty five and driving those sort of supercars as well. It must uh, be madness. Yeah, it, it, I mean, I can understand why it would go to your head. Yeah, I'm successful. I made it. Yeah, I must be doing. I must be better mm. because I've done this. Like, yeah, I mean, I had I had some. I I was a bit of a I, I ended up being a bit of a, a knobber about it, not in that way, yeah. but trying sort of living the pretend lifestyle when I started getting the very first press cars and things. Yeah, yeah. Before I started getting press cars, because my friend, one of my oldest friends, we were like best men at each other's wedding, kind of. He started a QE25, right? Which was is now Auto Vivendi. Yeah, um, I know of Auto Vivendi. Yeah, so. Very cool thing. It it really is. But yeah, so he he sold Ikuri many years ago, and it um, eventually turned into 
Auto Vivendi. I think they've been sold and sold again. The thing that really put Auto Vivendi in any sort of radar. I mean, I, I think I've got them on the possibly your friend on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Just from that moment where you go, oh, they're in the car world, they're in the car. Yeah. And those connections happen. But from an Auto Vivendi perspective, I think they picked up the most new Aston Martins at the same time of anybody <laughs> yeah. before. I think it was like nine brand new Aston Martins all in one go. Yes. Like, nobody's done this before. I was like, Jesus, that's good. You've got to be doing something right to be... Because obviously the, the club is almost like a test drive unlimited for the real world where you have access to these cars. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it, it, it's now the level of car they've got there is, oh, is, is, is it's next level I mean, compared to what it was with with the Curie when we like because I helped him out loads when when we when he started it. God, I can't even remember where it was now. Two thousand six, two thousand seven, maybe. I don't know. And not earlier. And it now. They, I mean, they've they've got Aventador. Uh, they've got Aventador SVJs. They've got yeah. multiple. Urus's, um, they've got 720s, they've got a Senna, they've got, had a Senna GTR at one point. Yeah. Bonkers. They've got the Aston Martin with no windscreen. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just, they've got literally everything you can think of. And you well, can a book lot of these the things. I've seen recently have been on yachts. I'm like, have they bought a yacht now? Is that part yeah. of the Oh, no. They, 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 go to, they go to Monaco and have yeah. a yacht in the marina. On, 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 like right there. To, there's the track. Same with um, Dubai as well. Yeah. They go, they have members. Weekend, just bonkers, it's wild, isn't it? It, it is, it's like, it, and it's 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 a really that is a really really cool thing. If if I had the money, I don't think I would. I actually don't think I would buy supercars if I had buy a membership to that. I would. I'd, I'd get an, an AV membership because they're great. That's um, the the point of it, isn't it? If you got money and you can't be asked to own a supercar and all the things that come with that, mm. go there. Just, oh, I need a, a Ventador for a weekend. I've got this membership. I'm just going to pick it. And they've got all these little yeah. hubs around the UK now, haven't they? Where you yeah. can go. Exactly like Test Drive Unlimited. Exactly. Your friend has played too many video games and has then gone, <laughs> I'll just do that. Exactly. <laughs> now he's Test Drive Unlimited for the real world. Yeah. And, it, and it, yeah. And, it, and you sort of, you get to play at the lifestyle a bit. Yeah. Even if you don't. I mean, most now, I think most of the members actually have all got, they've got a 911 or they've got an R8 or something anyway. Yeah. It's actually for the lifestyle aspect of it and all the. Yeah, it's like the gumball things. rally that never stops, really, isn't it? Exactly. It's a little bit less in your face. Yeah, I mean, I mean, back, back when we did it, like the the very first supercar, proper supercar that I drove, was a bright green uh, LP six forty. Nice Lambo. Like it's the first time I'd driven anything more expensive. Like I hadn't my RX seven was about as expensive as I got at the yeah. time. And the first thing I drove was at five o'clock rush hour. Um, onto because they were based right next to Old Street Roundabout. Right. Which, if you've driven London, you know Old Street Roundabout is basically hell on earth. Oh. And I was basically leaving there, and I was like driving is this it thing. manual? Yep. Oh, God. Driving this... <laughs> I said, no, it wasn't an LP640, sorry. It was a standard Mercia Largo. That's a standard one. Because the manual LP640s are like hen's teeth. Mm. So, But it was a manual, normal one, but it was bright green. And I was like weaving through this traffic, and there's like scooters, like zoom, zoom, zoom past, like and you're on the floor as well, past the wing mirror. And I'm like, that wing mirror costs more than my car. Yeah, (laughs) I don't like this. But the good thing, like then you go out London, and I was driving this thing, and I was like, oh my god, I'm driving a at the time whatever it was, hundred and forty thousand pound Lamborghini. And there's things. There were times when I got like a, I got an SLS, you know. I just drove an SLS for the for the weekend, and 
I went out and I got, um, I went to a hotel and like all of a sudden my room got upgraded. Yeah, yeah. And things. They just, they assume, they assume things and you're like, okay, I'm not going to say no. If I don't say no, then I'll let them do it. Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing. Oh, brilliant. I remember my my dad got married in, um, Tenant got married in the registry office and then we had like a thing down in the south of Spain. Mm -hmm. So we took his Porsche down and it was a, it was a 996 Turbo, and at the time it was probably 10 years old, but it's still a Porsche Turbo convertible yeah. and this, that, and the other. And um, he'd be like, oh, can you go and get the shop in? Once we all got there and everything, we stayed mm. in some villas. Funny enough, we stayed at his friend's villa, who was a football player, like a proper one that people will know, which is, oh, which is fun. <laughs> um, and I'd take his Porsche, go to the shops, or I'd go and go to a bar with my girlfriend or something like that. Mm-hmm. And if you're under 30 and you turn up in a car like that, everybody treats you different. Yeah. And they all expect you to tip. And I'm like, I haven't got any money. <laughs> <laughs> Borrowing his yeah. car. It's not mine. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to give this back. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's weird. Like, I, so a little bit of dark history. I used to pick him up from the pub in it because it was under his company policy, any driver kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Anyone, who, anyone with a driving license can drive it. Okay. Um, but he was a, he's an alcoholic, so I used to pick him up from the pub. And mm-hmm. he'd be like, bring the Porsche. I want to be picked up from the pub in my Porsche. I'm like, yes, Nobed, of course not. <laughs> so I'd just go for a drive beforehand. And mm. I went to Tesco, parked it as far away from every other car that I could so that it was not going to get touched. And then that means that if you're walking in that direction, you can only be walking to one car. Mm-hmm. So I was walking back with my then-girlfriend when I was 18, and a Corsa with about five young lads in it into the car park and we're now at the point where I can only be walking to this Porsche mm. and they're like oh my god no way like windows are down they're screaming <laughs> and shouting and the half at the time was like you're going to make a scene now aren't you I was like well I'm not going to try to but I, it's already happening I'm, yeah. I'm like on the I'm on the ride I can't exactly. stop the attention <laughs> yeah. that we're now getting so obviously I unlock the car and it flashes and I'm like, no way, he's getting in that Porsche. And I was like, 18-year-old me was like, Justin Bieber hair, never seen the inside of a gym, probably needed to eat a few more pies. Kind of. <laughs> the scrawniest kid, looked about 15. And then I drove out of this car park in this Porsche and just felt like a bit of a dick. Mm. Because I was like, it's not my car. I really probably shouldn't be driving it. I'm going to pick up my drunk alcoholic dad from the pub. It's not <laughs> yeah. a good situation. It's just making the most of the crap that we had to deal with as a teenager. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that car, I think, caused me more trouble than anything. Like I used to get bullied at school for my dad having any semblance of money because mm. we were in a proper working class town in like Mansfield. Mm-hmm. Where nobody has money and the only people that do are drug dealers so if you have any sort of money you get picked on oh your dad's a drug dealer you're a spoiled little rich kid this and I was like we haven't got any money my dad just leased a Porsche using <laughs> it's a business owned yeah. thing because he ran an estate agents and had a financial services company so it was all this like oh, got me no end of shit the only time it came good was someone was picking on me as I was walking to get picked up from school and they were teasing me and picking on me. My dad saw it. Mm. So when I got in the car, he pulled up alongside them, put his window down, and I went, you think I can afford the car like this by being a nice person? And this kid <laughs> absolutely shit himself. And then he drove Brilliant. off, and I was like, that's probably the coolest my dad's ever been. But, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And that, that was it. Like, 
that was the the closest I got to being in any way interesting as a teenager, until I got my mini, and then I was cool again. Yeah, because everybody uh, bright orange mini um, creates lots of friends. Yeah, and that car cost eight hundred pounds. <laughs> nice. I've come full circle. Renault 5, 500 quid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I have been chewing your ear off for an hour and 40. Have we? Yes. Oh, we have as well. Um, wow. And I appreciate that you have a life. And people don't <laughs> probably don't want to hear us just natter on for a, to two hours. As much fun as it is. Um, where can people find you and the various projects that you are involved with? Um, well, you can find generally find me on Twitter if yeah. you want to come and have an argument with me. Please do because I love doing it. Um, uh, and that's I'm at Tim Oldland. I, think, I can't. I'm just. I'm gonna have to look whether I'm actually underscore or not. I am. I'm at Tim underscore Oldland. Right. Um, but you can also find me at uh, at Bespoke underscore Chargers because. And the funny thing is, there's actually. Yeah, it's, it's, it is underscore. Um, there's a, that, uh, it's only bespoke underscore charges because I absolutely cocked up when I was trying to register it and create the Instagram account. And it, it cocked it up somehow partway through it. And then it, and it didn't it finish. That and minute, it had taken it? that bespoke charges one. Yeah. And I, you can't get it anymore. I had that with coffees and cars. <laughs> I created coffees, co- coffees and cars and that same thing happened. I was like... Well, I've lost that one now. So yeah. coffees.com. So, but where does it go? It's just dist- it's now just locked in the ether. Yeah. Unable to escape screaming into the void, like most of us. Nice. <laughs> um, so Twitter's normally the best place to find you ranting and raving and having yes. fun. And hopefully at some point we'll have time for a, a Tim Talks mini series on the podcast as well. Yeah. I, we I would I would time. absolutely love to just rant about black wheels, performance SUVs and uh, a good one about the future of electric cars well, we've got in a positive way. We've got three in the bag then. It's going to be very similar to Bill Burr's podcast where he's just him in his car mm. ranting about different things that have happened to him. Yeah. Oh, Which, standard, the standard of driving. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. That's see, these gonna... are all topics. So <laughs> before we wrap up, just one final bit of conversation. So now that the back roads are starting to re rejuvenate and reinvigorate the website and things mm-hmm. like that and hopefully in the near future i'll be time-wise in a position where i can dedicate some writing time properly because at the minute my working life is all over the place mm. these are topics that i've been wanting to write about as well mm. especially the state of driving yes. and people that do 40 mile an hour everywhere regardless yep. of what road they're on and what the speed limit is and then get annoyed at you for overtaking them that's, then, that's got to be one of the biggest, yeah. for me, it's my the biggest triggers. Biggest is, bugbear is that and people on motorways that don't move out of a lane when they're not passing cars. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's that, one that and, really gets me. But, but when, you, when you overtake somebody who's doing 40 and a 60 and they flash you. I then do 20. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. oh, God. I can feel, I can feel the, 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 the pressure rising inside <laughs> me. So I won't go into that. Yeah, we'll leave that for now. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave make that. that a Tim talk in the in the okay. future. Um, but <laughs> thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with me. I do That's right. Thank, it. thank you for coming. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Mm. And I'll end it there. Mm.